0: We're going to run through a couple of slides just to help us understand where we're going, where we've come from. We have been on a journey um, throughout this year, since the beginning of the year, talking about the focus of Jesus. We want to become more like, or we want to live like He lives, and we want to be like He is. And so we started talking about being with Jesus, which is on my left-hand side where it says personal pursuit, my effort towards me becoming like Him. And, and turning into his likeness, there's something that I've got to do. I've got to spend time with Jesus. And it's more than just coming to a meeting. We took a, quite a number of weeks talking about being with Jesus. Then we, then we realized that to be with Jesus, to be with him, we've got to become like him. And that's where we need Holy Spirit to help us. And so for a number of weeks, we've been talking about Holy Spirit and, and who he is. And, and this morning, we're going to actually conclude with our journey talking about him. The next that will come up is where we're talking about community, where us being together helps us to become like Jesus. You cannot become more like Jesus on your own. You need people. You need to spend time with Him yourself. You need God in your life, Holy Spirit. And you need people in your life. And then the last one that we will look at is it's just life. There's things that happen around us. How Those are used by God to turn us more into His likeness. And so just wanted to remind you of this. This morning we're going to close on the Holy Spirit and His role and the gifts, and next week we're going to start on with community and what that does. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the, the gifts, and um, for those of you that have not managed to keep up with it, you're welcome to go onto our website. All the, all the, um, uh, the, the podcasts or the audio versions are there. If you need to have the notes, you can just ask through our... Um, our admin phone and, and get hold of the notes that way, but it'll be great for you just to kind of stay on par. This morning we're going to conclude. We've done a number of gifts, and I want to quickly just show you what we have gone through. The first slide after this would be talking about the gifts that we've covered in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 10. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and inter- interpretation of tongues. So on 1 Corinthians 12, We've covered those. The the next slide is um, the gifts from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, where it talks about certain things that we haven't covered, those in white, those in the off-colored. We've done healing. We've done tongues. But apostle, prophets, and teachers, those are offices or or functions. And then we're going to look at the helping and administration gift this morning. The next slide is about Romans 12 and the gifts from there. We've done prophecy We've done teaching. We've done encouragement. We're going to look at serving. We're going to talk about giving. We're going to talk about helping um, or giving and leading and mercy, rather. So those are the gifts that we haven't done yet. And then the last portion of Scripture are the well-known Scriptures that we often read about in, in, in Ephesians where Paul says these are gifts that are given to the church to help establish the church. And so these are the gifts called the Apostle, Prophet, evangelist uh, pastor and and teacher so these are the ones that we're going to just focus on this morning a bit all right you're good you ready and I trust that you'll be stirred what I want us to do then is is start with Romans um, chapter 12 and the ones from 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28 and look at those gifts that we have not looked at yet but I want you to look at one thing for me and with me. In Romans 12, why don't you just turn there, please? Romans chapter 12. I want you to notice a couple of very important principles and values that, that Paul writes about in the context of giving us the gifts. He, he actually puts these things within the context of incredibly important values that we cannot forget and should not ignore. Because what often happens, we, we come to the gifts and we get so um, interested in the gifts that we lose the context within um, what what it's found within. And so here you find in Romans 12, verse 1, Paul writes the following. And what I want to do is by reading this, I want you just to understand the surrounding um, circumstances or, or values rather from within which the, the, the gifts find themselves. So that when you think... Yeah, I want these gifts, but remember the bigger picture. That these are the values that God wants us to have in our lives. And he says there, Paul writing, he says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Guys, the most important thing that we need to do is not just operate in the gifts. The thing that we need to understand is my life, that who I am, should be a, a sacrifice unto the Lord. Not just when I want to operate in a gift. But every single moment of my life belongs to Him. I owe it to Him to give all that I have unto Him. Your reasonable service unto the Lord is giving your body as a sacrifice. That's why when we worship, we don't think about ourselves of what is comfortable for me or not. That's when we obey God. It's not what is my preferred thing to do or not. It is what is important for Him. And so the gifts fall into that mold they appear right in this context of your body my body ought to be a living sacrifice unto him I do not belong to myself you sitting here this morning you've not come for yourself you ought not to have come for yourself you ought to have come for him you're waking up tomorrow morning you do not wake up for yourself we wake up for him we live for him and so anything that's in the way of me being able to live for Him should be sacrificed. Do you understand? So it's not just, oh, I've got to operate in a gift, I've got to serve, I've got to do that. No, it's everything about me belongs to Him. And so please see with me the context. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind in verse 2. he says, don't think like the world does. When you want to operate in the gifts, don't think like the world does. What does the world think like? The world says, what I do to you, you got to return for me. I'll do something if I can find something coming back my way. So I do it with a condition. But when we serve God and when we serve people, there should be no condition to how we do that. It carries on, and actual fact, there's so much about this. It says in verse 3, where Paul says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, listen to this, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. That's before we get to the gifts. And sometimes we forget about these things and we just read about the gifts. We're like, oh, what do I have and what do I have and oh, is this for me and is this not for me? Now, first of all, Paul lays a foundation of, guys, this is the character that God is after. So don't think of yourself too highly. And we live in a world where we bombarded with, you're important. You've got to look out for yourself. You have value. And that's true. We are valued by God. But we shouldn't be valuing ourselves more highly than we should ought to. Jesus died for us, yes. But you know what? The, the ultimate thing is not... How important I am but how important He is. Therefore, it says in verse 1, present your body as a living sacrifice. We cannot serve God for what we can get out of it. We've got to serve God for what He deserves. And if you don't know what He deserves, and probably you don't understand what Jesus has done for you, then the limitation of giving to Him is because of your lack of understanding. The more you understand how much Christ has given of Himself to you, the more you want to give to Him. And therefore, what I am and how important I am is not important, it's how important He is. So this is just a little bit of context that He gives us to how we ought to function in these gifts. Then we jump into the specifics. And the first one is serving. And we're going to look at serving, giving, and leading. And just giving you a little bit of understanding of what these gifts are, and it's always good to go and look at the original meaning of these words because they help us to understand how we should function in these. So the first gift that he talks about that we haven't done yet is the gift of serving, and the Greek word there is diakonai. In in the New Testament, we read about people serving in the church, elders, deacons, and the saints, but here it's not talking about the people. It's talking about the gift of everybody actually supposed to serve. And there are some people that are just incredibly gifted with this. Like it says there, the actual meaning is to wait at the table. They're ready. They're just always available for whatever service need to be rendered. There are people like that in the church. There's a general call that all of us have that we all should serve. Don't ever live behind the lie that says, I'm not gifted to serve so I don't have to serve. All right, And I think often people live with that lie. I don't have that gift, so I don't need to serve. I can just sit and let me be served. Jesus came as the servant of all. And he said, I didn't come for you to serve me. I came for you to be served by me. And so one of the things that we're saying, we want to become like Jesus, it starts with serving. So this is something huge. It's it's a specific gift that some people just have. They they can go anywhere and they will always be ready to serve. But you know what? All of us should actually not necessarily have the gift because that's not possible. That's what the Word says. Not each one, not everybody has the same gift. But the the function of serving should be part of our lives. And I want to challenge you this morning. We cannot, for instance, live in this world. Forget about your Sunday mornings where it's, highly likely that people would come to be served. It's like I come, and the music was a bit too loud because it didn't serve my liking. The coffee wasn't great because it didn't serve my liking. And so we walk out of here determining how successful the meeting was based on how well I was served or not. I hope you don't think like that. Because that will be sad. Because we will somehow almost always disappoint you. Because our service will not always be of a high standard. We try to do as best we can to serve people towards worshiping Jesus. But you know what? The point is this, is that all of us should live with an attitude of wanting to serve wherever we can. And it starts at home. It starts in your private area. It starts in your public area where you go every day. You can serve people then. Don't, please don't sit behind the the excuse of, well, it's not my gift. It's his gift. He should serve. Now, everyone should serve. And I want to challenge men. We live in cultures where we've grown up in a certain way, that women do certain things and men don't. And your culture has said to you that you can sit back and and let the women run around and do certain things. The Bible says, my friend, I love you. The Bible says, all of us, the Bible says here in Romans 12, are supposed to give our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. So it's not, first of all, people that you need to serve. You need to serve God by saying, Jesus, whatever I can do to help, I will do it. And it starts at home. We say, whatever I've grown up with, my culture, where I come from, there's a certain mindset that says, this is what men do, this is what they don't do. And it doesn't tie up with what the Bible teaches me. We've got to confront our thinking and our upbringing with the truth of the Scripture. That says, all of us are called to serve. It's a wonderful moment. Nobody's amening you at all. eh? It's incredible. When I say to you, yeah, Jesus loves you. You go, yeah, amen. When I tell you, you all got to serve. You're like, yeah. What is it? Amen. Thank you very much. Some of the women would like to hear an amen said. Because many of the men don't serve around them. And I love you guys. But this is the truth. I'm one of them. Speaking to myself. When we say, please come and help us on a Sunday, for instance, with practical things, there's certain jobs that the men say they will do, certain jobs that the women say they will do, and we kind of like just fit into our category of preference or or cultural background. So the men, they don't serve tea. (laughs) The Bible somewhere must have said that, I'm sure. The women, they only serve tea and they do the children's ministry. The men, they will do the chores. The men will do the whatever fixing. And that's great. I know, I understand. But you know what? We've got to challenge one another to look beyond our area of preference and our comfort zone. Challenge you towards obedience. We just created the context. It says, don't think of yourself more highly than what you ought to. Don't think I'm above this. Because none of us are. Jesus came to wash feet. What about you? What about you? What about me and what I am called to serve? If you're part of a body like this, you're joining a serving team. And if that's too much for you, then probably your understanding of local church is not completely clear why we do what we do. If you don't want to serve the world out there, going to love them, I challenge you too. That your understanding of why we exist as human beings, as, as followers of Christ, it's probably not clear. You've not seen the truth of why you've been saved. You've been saved to serve the people out there towards a similar knowledge of that you have of Jesus Christ. So that's just general serving. Then there is definitely those that are, man, I just, I just can't help myself. I just want to serve. Praise the Lord. Let them come. But let all of us. Then the next one is giving. The Greek word is domi which really means to give a share of what I have, to impart of your substance, to share the resources in order to meet needs. There are people that are just, we're all called to give again. By the way, tithes and offering, it's part of your responsibility before God, not before the church, but before God. And if you have a problem without giving and, and giving of your resources, please just read the Bible. I'm not trying to be arrogant. Please just read the Bible because that's what God calls on us, to give generously. But then there are those people that just have this incredible ability that they just want to be generous wherever they go. And it's not because they have a lot of money. It's just their hearts. They want to be generous, and there's that gift. The next one is the one of leading. And the work word here is prostemi, which really gives, means to give attention to, to reside over, to organize things, to recruit people. Again, there's, there's some people that have that ability. They just stand out as leaders amongst others. They want to help. They want to kind of carve a way out towards the better future. They see things that others may not see. And they want to help people get to that preferred future. The next one that we haven't done, still from Romans 12, is the gift of mercy. It's so the next slide. The gift of mercy. And the Greek word here is eleeo. Eleeo. You want to say that with me? Eleeo. Eleeo. Uh-huh. It really means just to have pity. To demonstrate God's love and compassion by responding to hurt. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we ought to see uh, function in the body of Christ where people are just willing to help those that are in need even at the cost of themselves. I want to encourage you. We need to have compassion as believers. And then on top of that, there's this incredible ability that some people just have to, to go beyond themselves and help and uh, show mercy and have pity on others. The next one comes from 1 Corinthians, where um, in verse 28, it talks about the gift of helps, which is the Greek word antilempsis. Which is really to lay hold of what needs to be done. One who supports—it's just somebody that sees things that hey, that's that's where I can help. That's where things are out of place. This is what I can do. And you're just consciously thinking above yourself. Uh huh. And again, the context that we find these gifts are in the context of I lay down my life for you, so that when there's need, when there's help needed, I'm available. I want to encourage you, find within these things that we're talking about just something that, that kind of like stirs in your heart and, and avail yourself to that and say, yes, I want to. Yes, we all should, but I also feel that in this area, man, there's something in my heart that resonates. The next one from 1 Corinthians is, is the gift of administration, which is the g- Greek word kybernesis, which is really to steer and direct. It really coincides a lot with, with the leading one, where, where it's somebody that says, man, I can kind of put things together and steer them in a direction. And, uh, and the body of Christ needs these. You know what the beautiful thing about this is? It's not just gifts that, that function and should function on a Sunday or when we gather. These are gifts that are part of your life. That wherever you go, if you don't think of yourself too highly than you ought to, these gifts can function through you. And bring blessing to others. But particularly within the context of the local church, it can help those. Because why do we have gifts? It's to help people to find them being built up and and strengthened and established and grow in God. So these gifts are there. And all of you, as followers of Christ, you have something in you that is a gift. First of all, it starts with your character that says, I want to love Jesus. And I want to love people. And because of that character in me, I'm willing to serve. But I go beyond that and I say, there are some pertinent things in me that that resonate in my heart. I want to get involved in whatever opportunity I could to show mercy. I want to find opportunities. I want to ask the church, what can I do to be involved in these things? And I, I dare to say that this is not a comprehensive list of all the gifts that we have listed thus far. They're probably more. I think of gifts like there's some people that just, they love to pray. They just have this incredible ability and gift upon their lives. They can spend literally hours in prayer. Some people just love, love that. And so some people just love to, to get involved in specific kinds of ministry like, like counseling and, and helping people through particular problems. They just have a gift to listen. It, it's, it coincides with this mercy thing, but it's I have an ability to help people, guide them towards something better. So there are more, certainly more. The next portion of gifts that we haven't touched on is from Ephesians 4, verse 12. And some of them, as we saw earlier, were also from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And um, I just want to make sure that we understand that the intention of these gifts, as, as put in Ephesians 4, if I can ask you to turn with me, Ephesians 4 and verse 11. Are you all still together? We're going to just make sure. There's a lot of ground that we're covering this morning. Ephesians 4 verse 11, Paul says, and, and he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. And then he says in verse 12 the following, what they are given for. It says here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For equipping building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up. We are to grow up in every way, into Him who is the head, into Christ. So, what we find here, these five gifts, and sometimes it's only four, but, but really it's five, they're there to equip the body. It's actually certain officers, or or not officers, officers, like in functions in the local church, that are there to equip the church towards what we've just read, being built up, equipped, that we shouldn't be tossed to and fro like a like somebody, like a boat on the sea with with wind and waves, and it's up and down, up and down. If these things function in the local church, then it establishes the local church to be strong, to be doctrinally correct, to be prophetically relevant, and to reach out into the community and make a difference. So these gifts are, are different in the sense that they kind of like positions of authority that Jesus calls people in the church to occupy, to help the church towards greater maturity. They are the fruit of an inner working of the Holy Spirit in a person's life and, and not just a gift for a moment. So it's not just, you know, I every now and again I operate in, in something, but this is kind of like a a, a, a a gift that you start seeing function in a person's life that is not just... Um, towards blessing people, but it's towards building the local church. And so it could be a person that may be full-time in ministry, but it doesn't have to be. It's people that perhaps are involved even in business, and that they just carry something of that in their hearts, and what they actually do at the end of the day, they're building into the local church. So you take all five of those, and they're not connected to the local church. I'm like, that doesn't make sense, because... Paul writes here, he says, God's gifted us these gifts so that the church could be equipped. So these guys are actually trainers. They train into their specific area. And I want to just give you some things about each one of them. Remember this, by the way, they are gifts and not titles. All right? They're just gifts. We don't carry those titles around because we think we are. People will see that you're an evangelist by virtue of you're just reaching people with the gospel. You don't carry this as a title and say, I'm this. This is not given to be. This is something that is operational in people's lives, and, they see, and, and others can see it, and the church is benefited from it and established. The, the, the gift of an apostle comes from the Greek word, which really means sent one. Now, these are leaders sent by God to establish new spheres of ministry by setting up the the key godly leadership structures for the churches that perhaps are planted or have been planted. And for us, for instance, just as an example again, we have relationships with, with people that we believe had an apostolic gift on their lives. We don't call them apostles, so-and-so will come. We call them whatever their names are. And they come to build within, into the local church. They help us. And they could see things that we may not see ourselves. And so we have frequent relationships with them and connection with them. They are groundbreakers and pioneers, visionary and and entrepreneurial. That's what they come and do into a local church. They have been people that perhaps have planted themselves, but they've built up an incredible experience and and knowledge of of local church over the years that could benefit every local church that they are invited into. Okay? So we have friends like that. The second one is a gift or the office of a prophet. Now, a person who actually works closely with the prophet or with the apostle rather to bring church to a higher level of maturity. And so you have the apostle that comes with experience. You have the prophetic gift that comes with an understanding of what God is saying, not just locally but globally. and, And they can come with that perspective, not just a person who prophesies, but one who illuminates the word of God in a different way than the teacher may do just an ability that the prophet has to hear from God about what God is doing amongst the churches. And he comes with that gift. it's not a person that comes and says, I can see this and this and this in your life necessarily. But he would come or she would come and say, I can see what God is doing in the world. I want to give you some perspective of what is taking place. And it could help you as a church. So that's what that gift does. It's different from what we had spoken earlier about the gift of prophesying, where that's available to the body, these are specific offices that come to establish the church. They're hearing from God for the church and not just individuals. The gift of an evangelist, obviously self-explanatory, but these are people who focus on the evangelistic message and have the gift of explaining it simply and helping people towards a response. But they don't only do that. We've seen how the gift of the evangelist has come to actually equip the body to do Likewise. And so they have this incredible gift. They, they can go into any conversation and just present the gospel to people, but they also come to equip the body because that's the purpose of these five. It's not to individually speak to people about the gospel, but it's to equip the body to do the same because we all are supposed to be going out and making disciples, correct? So that's the gift of the evangelist. And then pastor and teacher often go together because the Greek word here the between that's used between pastor and or shepherd and teacher kind of combines them a little bit. And so in a sense, we can say that pastors are teachers and teachers are pastors in a local church context. And so what they do, they don't just care about people, but they help them towards something. So we all should love one another, correct? But the gift of the shepherd is to help people towards something. And that's where the teaching gift comes in, where they've got to... Not only love on people, but teach and and help them understand. So, pastors are teachers who are good with people. And teachers are pastors who are good at exposition and explaining the, the, the word and teaching people the truth. The two are close to each other and support one another. What I wrote here is you cannot just claim to be a pastor who doesn't want to teach, and you cannot be a teacher who doesn't want to love and care for the people. That goes together. And fundamentally, all of these are actually, all of these gifts are are based on the love for people. If you don't have that, then don't even try. And so these are gifts that, that God gives into the local church, from the local church, from other local churches, into a local church to help the church reach greater levels of maturity. These gifts are amazing. And the purpose, as we read, is so that the Church of Jesus Christ could be established. So I want to conclude by asking you this question. What is the aim of all of this? We've b- been doing a number of weeks now talking about all of these gifts that I have listed to you. And, and what are you and I to do about these today? Because now you've, you've kind of listened to a lot of preachers and teachings about the gifts. And some of them are like, wow, that's a bit much for me. Some of them, yo, that could be exciting. But in whatever way, I, I hope that you have been challenged to realize where you could be and should be. One of the greatest threats, may I say this, because if we, if we look at the way forward and after having spoken about all of these things, one of the greatest threats, I believe, to a church being and becoming all that God wants of it is the unbiblical idea that spiritual gifts and the ministry they produce are the sole responsibility of the elders or pastors of a local church or those who work full-time for the church. That's one of the biggest churches. A way because threat rather for the church becoming what it's supposed to be, when we have a mindset amongst us, and I hope it's not here, where it says the gifts, and what God wants to do through people are only for those that are full time, the pastors and the elders, and others perhaps. It's not for me. I want to just make sure this morning that you understand that in us talking about all of these gifts has been for the sole purpose to help you understand how Holy Spirit wants to work through you and I and not just for some and it's a journey for some of us to find out what I am gifted in but it starts with a longing for it if it's not evident in your life start at least desiring it say God I I don't know where and how but I want to is that okay it should start at least with a hunger for it If there's no hunger, nothing will come. And again, we will say, it's your responsibility. It's somebody else's responsibility. But God wants to stir your heart through the truth from Scripture that all of us are called to be involved in this. It's not just some. It's not a function in the church. It is a responsibility of every believer to let Holy Spirit work through them. Peter says this. Each has received a gift. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 talks about the fact that each one of us have received a gift. We receive gifts. We never earn them, by the way. Please, if you haven't found out or are aware of what gift you have, don't try to earn it. So like I'll come to church more so that I can perhaps find out what my gift is or I'll receive a gift. No, no, no. You ask. So God, I want a gift. I don't know what it is. And maybe I'm going to try and, and, and kind of experience in some areas. Maybe I'm going to start serving. Maybe I'm going to make myself available for children. I don't know really if I have a gift, but at least I'm going to try. Sometimes we think it's going to fall out of heaven. There's like this major revelation. You are gifted in the following area. And we wait for that voice to come and it never comes. Because actually God wants you to step out in faith. And you start doing something. And if you start doing it, and it's like, yeah, really, maybe I'm like a, I'm like a foot trying to fit into a glove. It's not going to work. I'm sorry I, I tried. At least you tried. But don't stay away because of the fear of man and whatever other excuses we often come up with. Start somewhere. Actual fact, we are commanded to use these gifts. And they're all there to serve people with. They used to put God's grace on display and not me. That's a massive thing that we've got to also hit for a six if you understand cricket language. We've got to dispel it. When you function in the gift, it's not about you. Sir, ma'am, young person, it's about Jesus. The glory should go to Him. So when I want to function, even if it's in a simple thing, but yet such a powerful thing like serving... I don't do it so that I can be seen or recognized. I do it so that I can serve my King through it. Because Romans 12 says, Whatever I do, I present my body as a living sacrifice unto Him. And all of you have gifts that can glorify the King. Use them. Make them available. Please, not just on a Sunday, but every day of your life. Therefore, His glory So I want to wrap it up by asking you the first question. We've got to start with Holy Spirit Himself. That's where our journey had started over these last couple of weeks. How's your relationship with Holy Spirit? Because the gifts flow from your relationship with Him. Are you allowing Him to be your guide and friend and comforter and teacher? Because if you do, He will use you in a similar way. He will comfort you so that you can bring comfort to others. And maybe a simple word of prophecy, of just encouraging people through Scripture, or just saying to them, well done, is God's way to use you, but it's Holy Spirit functioning through you. So it starts with your relationship with Holy Spirit. Do you wait on others to do what Holy Spirit wants to do through you? Because that's easy. Just pass the back. Somebody else will get up. And come and pray a prayer. Somebody else will go and serve at the children's church. Somebody else will go to home and and do the work. Somebody else will do the dishes. Somebody else will clean the car. Somebody else will pick up the rubbish. Somebody else will put the chairs out. Somebody else will do this. Somebody else. But God's just tapping you. But there's somebody else comes up too often. Ah, It's not mine. It starts with you and your simple obedience to the Holy Spirit. Then we talk about The gifts. And then we ask the question, do you know what gifts you have? And, and are you faithful with that? I, I would bet that many of you know that there's something that you're, you just want to do. It almost just comes naturally to you, but it's a supernatural thing. And, and you can love people through it. You can help people through it. You can guide people through it. Uh, and somehow you just know what it is. I, I trust that you're faithful with it. And as I said, if you you don't know what it is, find out. By the way, when we do starting point, one of the things that we help people with is just a simple thing called shape, where we help them to understand their spiritual shape and and how they possibly can be gifted in certain areas. Paul says, when you have this gift, you're going to fan it into flame. You're going to blow it and make it evident for others to see, not so that they can see you, but through your serving them and loving them going to make it available because the body is what it belongs together and it needs one another and we'll talk about that in our community series where we talk about how we can help one another towards a Christ likeness ask you know another thing that you can also do in a local church context is if you look around and you see things that are needy say hey God what gifts are needed in the body is it possible that I could be helpful towards what is needed Don't just criticize, oh, they don't have that. Oh, they don't do that well. Well, try to do it better then. Come and help us. Is that okay? You know what? This is a construction site, actually. Because God's building. He's building His body. And the world needs to see a beautiful body that would love the world. And so there's a lot of movement going on here. There's daga, there's cement, and there's bricks, and there's stuff lying around, and there's rubbish. and, And we all... Together in this construction site, the worst thing we can do is stand and say, yeah, that's a mess. Oh, that's too much work. Oh, just, I oh, get hurt. And we just stand on the side of the construction site and make comments. Or we throw stones instead of getting involved ourselves. Come on. Come on. we got to get our hands dirty a bit and love on one another. And look out for one another. Because God says, I need to present my body as a living sacrifice unto Him. Because that's my reasonable service. I've got to get involved so that others can benefit from what I can get. Give to them. Find out what your gift is. Start by trying, serving, teaching, helping, prophesying, praying, trusting, reaching out, evangelizing, visiting the sick in hospital, encouraging, talking to people. Start somewhere if you haven't done it yet. Come on, it's easy, folks. Really. You don't have to go through a course and get a qualification on these things. It's just simple obedience. You can start this afternoon. You know, all of us should actually encourage, but why don't you just go and find someone that you can say something nice to and just do it. Maybe you do that often. That's great. But let's be real. And ask God for more if you have gifts. Don't don't stop and say, God, I want it to be a greater blessing to you. Listen to this. Don't criticize the gift in another person if you're not faithful with the gift in your own life. Okay? There are people that are trying, there are people that are serving the best they can. There are people giving of themselves unconditionally. And we are outside the, the construction site, going, like, huh, and huh, and comments about not doing it well enough. But I'm sitting here. And my hands are in gloves. <laughs> they aren't even coming out of the gloves. Never mind dirty. i got to get in there and get involved. Be a good steward of what God has given you. In Ephesians 4, as we read earlier, and said, these things are all towards the building, to your unity, towards knowledge of God, towards maturing, towards fullness. I want to encourage you. We've we've learned about Holy Spirit and we'll continue to learn. We've learned about His gifts and all those gifts are towards the building of the body so that the body can be presentable to the world and the world can see that Jesus is real. And each one of you have a role to play in that. And it starts with your relationship with Holy Spirit. We say, I recognize you, Holy Spirit, that you want to be my guide. You don't want to just come and and, and kind of just help me along. You want to empower me to be a witness. And I can be a witness through the gifts that are operational in my life. And whatever they may be, be faithful with them. And say, here I am. My reasonable service unto you is I offer my body as a living sacrifice. You put yourself on the altar and say, I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for my king going to live for my King.